Hey yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk, OGs, we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation built on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky, optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, we're recording. Pretty smooth. I think that went pretty smooth, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I think so. 100 episodes of final. I'm I'm glad we finally got that right. (laughs) (laughs) We we have a saying in the UK, smooth as a baby's bum. I'm not sure how appropriate that resonates with you fellows in the US. (laughs) I've I've heard it before, and I would agree on this. All right. Well, I think we blew the surprise, but Corey, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing today? Oh, man. Duke, so today we have a very special guest. We have Damian Davis with us from ServiceNow. Damian, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Rob. So good to have you here, man. So you're a pretty big name in the ServiceNow community, but for those who don't know who you are, why don't you give just a really short intro? Yeah, well, I am actually short. I'm five foot six, 168 centimeters. So yeah, I'm Damien Davis and I, I'm the short guy. <laughs> and that's the way spirit. we start CJ and the Duke. <laughs> yeah. So I've been dying to have you on the show. You always seem to be in the epicenter of the new and groundbreaking stuff at ServiceNow, yet I'm still not exactly sure what you do there. Neither is my boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I work in service now, as you know, I've been at the company for quite some time. In my role today, I am in product management for ServiceNow's ITSM business unit. So being in the product organization gives me a fortunate position to be at the forefront and center of all the latest and greatest innovations, all the shiny toys. Nice. I'm glad to hear that there is still innovations and shiny toys when we're dealing with ITSM, right? Which was the OG of processes. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's almost half a century old, the discipline, right? So in the last couple of years, what's been kind of your favorite innovations? Obviously, I'm a huge tech geek, right? I love innovation. I love technology. At home, I embrace it. My whole house here in the UK, I'm I'm using smart lighting, smart heating, you know, using voice assistants. So in the workplace, like you say, when you're looking at a, a robust and old school set of processes like ITSM, you know, running off the core of ITIL processes for help desk organizations, incident, problem and change. 
It can become very effective for a business, but it doesn't become very exciting from time to time. So my job in the last few years has been incorporating some of the latest and greatest AI technologies like virtual agent chatbots, like machine learning, predictive intelligence, and more recently, Gen AI. How can we adopt those technologies into ITSM use cases? And it's been pretty exciting. You said you're a, a bit of a techie, and so you you came on the right show. I love to hear all about the smart automation, the smart home that you built, right? Like, because I got the same thing: smart lighting. I'm, I'm using service now to control a few things here, including my Echo B thermostat to keep the the house at the right temperature, depending nice. on what time it is, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and, and I won't brag about having my Tesla um, connected to service now either. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, like, how do you? You know, as a techie and as Duke just mentioned about ITSM and how it's a long running practice that's been evolving over time. Tell me how you mesh the two. How I mesh the two. It kind of happens organically in my role. The way that we're structured in service now in my business unit is we have what you might think of as traditional product managers. They are managing products. And within ServiceNow's portfolio of ITSM, think about incident as a product. For example, we have a product manager whose day-to-day job from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed is thinking about how can we make that incident module better? Similarly for change, and you may or may not know that there's nearly 40, four zero products within the ITSM suite. Now, my role is almost like an extended layer of those product managers. I'm in what we call the outbound arm of product management. And in the outbound layer, my job is effectively twofold. One, it's to represent those product managers with any engagements I have with customers, partners, service now sales resources. And secondly, it's to, more importantly, it's to act as voice of the customer. As you guys have both seen, you know, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, going to service now events, traveling around the world, loving the sound of my own voice, talking to customers. But most important in replacement to talking is listening and gathering feedback that I can turn into actionable insights that helps us drive the product roadmap. I love that, the emphasis on listening, because from where I'm sitting, right, like one of the primary jobs of of folks like us is to build those relationships. And you can't build those relationships unless you're listening to folks, like you're trying to understand them. And and it sounds like there's a lot of focus on that in, in what you do day to day. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite elements of the role that gives me a lot of job satisfaction is meeting with ServiceNow customers, hearing about the use cases that they're driving within their own organizations. Yes. You know, whether I'm talking, yeah, whether it's someone in a bank or a financial services industry, or maybe more recently, I've had the privilege of going and visiting the Aston Martin Formula One team. And oh. looking at how, I know, right? And looking at how they plan to use ServiceNow to literally make the car go faster. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm just going to repeat that back just to make sure I heard it right. Are you saying that Aston Martin is using ServiceNow to make the car go faster? So Aston Martin's Formula One team, late last year, they announced a strong strategic partnership with ServiceNow as our innovation technology partner. Now, there's a long road ahead of us. You know, we're in the early days of implementation here, right? And I, I can't really talk about the detailed specifics because there's commercial confidentiality. But net net, Aston Martin Formula One team is going to be using ServiceNow to drive innovation, to drive operational efficiencies. And ultimately, those efficiencies are what can make the difference between that car 
fractions of second. Whether you're a Formula One fan or not, if you watch those cars on the track, you watch them over qualifying. The fastest car may do a lap in one minute, 30 seconds. The slowest car may do it in one minute, 30 and a half seconds. And you got 20 cars on the grid. So those marginal gains are what really drives the difference between winners and losers in Formula One. And think about all the data that can be captured in service now. Think about things like tire temperatures, you know, heartbeat ratios for the drivers. There's just so much data that could be channeled into ServiceNow through all of the analytics capabilities. And I'm just really excited about what the future can hold. Wow. I feel like it's my first day on ServiceNow again. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's just like, wait a minute, this can do way more than ITIL. Just, yeah, so it's not just that. a ticketing tool. Let's let's just yeah. let's just break that stigma. It's not just a ticketing tool. <laughs> yes, right. I God, mean, I we've been like... saying it for almost two decades now, but <laughs> but it's it funny just... you say that, Rob. What's service that? now? Service now is two decades old this June. Twenty years old in June. Yeah, which is crazy. It's been such a journey now. I never like marked the date, and so I'm always yeah. guessing like. How many, how many years do I have now? <laughs> a lot. Well, I'm, I'm a newbie. I, I've only been with the company for 13 of those 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Just what, almost 75% of the, of the lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> what employee number are you? Badge number or of the remaining employees? <laughs> no, I'm just like, in what order? Which, which number were you? Well, my some, badge number is, is this, yeah, right? my badge number is 688. So that means since ServiceNow was born in 2004, I would have likely been the 688th person to walk through the door out of wow. full-time employees, contractors, technical people, part-time interns, etc. Mm -hmm. But at the time I joined the company, I remember that our workforce globally was around 350 people. And of those 350 I'm the 138th longest serving in terms of who's still there today. Wow. And how big How big are we now? Uh, around 23,000 full-time employees, and that's excluding interns and contractors. So you're an OG. <laughs> I don't count myself as an OG. I think there are some OGs that I have a huge, tremendous amount of respect for. People like Eric Schroeder, Wally Marks, who were literally there with Fred building those initial concepts you know i joined the gravy train a couple of years later but i you know i've certainly like to feel i've contributed along the way could you tell us any stories where you saw something and you're like that's not gonna work but it really caught fire um <laughs> well um there, there is a few <laughs> i guess i have to be cautious this is going out in the public domain right i didn't yeah um, i didn't want to like no, uh, say it the opposite well, way like what did everybody I, think was gonna happen and it turned when, out like when I joined, yeah, when I joined, you may remember you guys obviously from the being in the ecosystem for so long, our release names were not always named after cities in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. You know, when I joined, we were on a, a release that was literally called June 2011. And they were named after seasons. You know, we have fall, winter, June, and early in 2012, we were about to launch a whole series of releases that were named after cities in alphabetical order. And you guys both, you know, pop quiz. What was the first release named after the letter A? Aspen. Correct. Well done. Both of you get a bonus point. Now, you remember it was Aspen, but did you know it was actually going to be called Athens? No, <laughs> and, did uh, not know that. <laughs> right. So 
Fred was coming over to Europe for the Knowledge Conference in Frankfurt in 2011. And, you know, I've been told this story by some pretty reliable sources that said, hey, Fred was coming to Europe and he was about to announce to the European markets that we were going to name our releases, you know, based on stability and quality. And we're going to name them after major cities. And he said, hang on a minute, we've got Athens as the target city. Now, at that time, the Greek economy was going through a little bit of turmoil, shall we say. You can Google your history for that time. And Fred was not happy about the idea of naming our first major release after a city that was about to tank the European economy. So about four weeks before Go Live, it was renamed to Aspen and the rest is history. <laughs> well, you know, I think I, I agree with Fred on this one. I can very much remember that time in history. And I think switching to Aspen and from Athens was probably a good call. <laughs> <laughs> but you still haven't so- answered the question. <laughs> 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 I love it. So, Damien, tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are now in service now, having been there for 13 years. You've got a story to tell there, right? Yeah. Look, a lot of it's been luck. Right place at the right time. You know, I I like to think of. I like to think I've worked hard, but I've been given a lot of good fortune and a lot of opportunity that I seized by the horns. You know, I grabbed that opportunity and I made the most of it. But I want to recognize that there are many people out there that work equally hard and perhaps haven't had the same luck or opportunities I've had. So keeping my feet on the ground, hungry but humble, you know, I joined ServiceNow as a junior individual contributor in the support organization. Today, we have a huge global customer and technical support organization that's complemented by our impact offering. Back in the day when I joined, I think our support organization was 25 people globally. We had a few in our London office in Richmond, uh, which I joined, and a few in the San Diego office. And, you know, over the years, we added more support centers and now have a 24 by 7 global model. And back in the day when I joined the support organization, I remember three months into my role, brand new to the company, still cutting my teeth. And my then manager said, Damien, I would like you to go and build us a major incident process. So I looked behind me over my shoulder just to make sure that he was actually speaking to me. <laughs> and he said, yeah, look, we're getting hit really hard in support. We're getting a lot of P1s, a lot of outages. Our data centers then weren't as stable as they are now. Um, today's service now is very proud of our uh, availability and uptime. Back then, let's just say that there was a few ups and downs with the network reliability. So our support organization's getting totally bombarded with these P1s and, and major incidents. But we didn't have any major incident process or tooling. So I partnered with our development teams. And between us, we we built what's called the mass outage tool, the MOT. And that later went on to evolve and become what is today known as the major incident workbench. And it, it became part of the core product. It was a customization that we used then. So I did a couple of years in support and... Then I hired some major incident managers and subsequently found myself in a management role, managing people. That was new and interesting. And after a few years in support, the opportunity came up to move out of support into the product organization. And I took that opportunity and I guess the rest has been the best five, six years of my entire career. Nice. 
so I'm a I'm an I'm an IT guy by trade. I guess I don't I don't know what I call myself now, but I definitely started in the IT or doing support and that sort of thing. And now I I guess I I don't know if I maybe I am product or maybe I'm you know consult. I don't know what you call a consultant. Right? I feel like I I wear like every hat that it is to yeah. wear like in in every project, right? But also having started from that support side of looking at things like okay something's broken we got to fix it to now there are problems that we can see that are longer term and like how do we build solutions for those it's just great to hear someone else come from that world and get to the level where you are now and and know that like you're helping guide the ship because you know i think support folks are some of the least listened to in the organization but some of the most important Absolutely. And when I talk to customers now, today, I'm very fortunate I've been elevated to a, a senior leadership role within the product organization. And I get paraded in by our sales organization to go and talk to customers as, hey, this is Damien. He's, he's the head guy in product. But when they hear about my background in support, I think it makes that engagement more authentic. You know, yeah. if I'm talking to a platform owner or an, an IT director and I explain my background working in support, I've walked the walk. I've worked with help desk systems. I've worked with ticketing tools that just don't work and they're cobbled together on shoestrings and I can feel their pain. And then when I explain how we can solve those problems with our single platform, single data model, their eyes just light up and they, they believe me. And sometimes I've been accused or I don't know if accusation is the right word, but people say, hey, Damien, you're really good in sales. And I'm like, but I'm not in sales. I'm just evangelizing the capabilities yes. in the product. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Right. Like same, definitely some synergy there. I, I love that because I, I feel the same way. I get dropped in a situation. Right. And it's, I'm just talking the book. This thing is great. I'm just telling people how it was great and how uh -huh. I've seen it evolve and how it can help. And they're like, no, you're selling. I'm not, I'm not really, I mean, it can really do all of this stuff. Um, it's yeah. funny. Like I, I've always been captivated by that social dynamic, right? If you, if you cross passion with expertise and a good tool, then it's just like, oh, you must be in sales by the way you talk. But then if you look at like any of those really big, long sales processes, it's like none of that is in there half the time. Right. You're right. <laughs> passion, passion and enthusiasm are probably two of my middle names, right? Yeah. And, and having clearly, you there. Yeah. And clearly I work with the best tool, the best product, the best platform. Expertise. Eh, I'm not too sure about expertise. Like I say, I think I got lucky. <laughs> Well, I mean, when I talk about expertise, I'm talking about you have been the person who would be a user of ServiceNow. Yeah. You you have been the person whose life would have been easier with whatever you're rolling out that day. Yeah. And to be fair, I have been a user. You know, ServiceNow has a program called Now on Now. Our CIO, our Chief Digital Information Officer, Chris Betty, is the champion and owner of our Now on Now program that we showcase to ServiceNow customers at our events, at our executive briefings, how we're using the platform internally to solve business problems. Now, I was doing that while in the support organization, long before Now on Now became you know, a named program. Our support leadership team would say to customers, you should speak to Damien. And I would go and demonstrate to them how we were using things like that mass outage tool to run major incidents. And part of that probably contributed to it becoming part of the, the product. So I will push back a bit when you say expertise, maybe not. It's, it sounds like you demonstrated that a lot, even if you don't want to take credit for it. But I, I think one of the things, too, that I want to talk about or an additional angle I want to talk about, you know, from the support angle going to where you are now in product management, right? ServiceNow has a program, Rise Up and NextGen. Oh, yeah. Where, 
encouraging a lot of folks who started out like you and me, right? Like in the support org or maybe something that's not even support for like IT, but in coming into the ecosystem and trying to end up in places like where you are or where I am or where the Duke is. Talk about a little bit about how you see like your career being an example for those folks. I, I will, but it's interesting you mentioned Rise Up, Corey, because if I go to the ServiceNow website and click on the Rise Up link, there's a tall, handsome dude right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we talk about hungry but humble, like, hey, look, who's the face of Rise Up? It's Corey. <laughs> and, but, but the wording that is next to your face is absolutely on the money. It says, no matter who you are, if you're technical or on non-technical, you can be part of the high growth ServiceNow ecosystem and the career journeys and the opportunities for sysadmins, developers, implementers, you know, business process analysts. If you're a project manager, there's just so much opportunity, right? So I think that's why you're an ambassador for Rise Up. That's why I'm an ambassador for Rise Up. And, and I'll gladly talk about my own career journey, but what a program and what an opportunity for anyone listening to this show if they're not already involved in the ecosystem, there's just a whole wealth of opportunities for them to get involved. This is a great opportunity to ask you a question for our audience. What advice would you give for the people who have maybe got their CSA or they're on the journey and they're still in the grind phase, the opportunities aren't coming? What would you say to them? Where would you have them focus their efforts? What would you have them do? Yeah, well, okay, thanks for asking. And my guidance might be different to anyone else's. I'm going to speak from personal experience. And for me, it's all about building a network, having champions, um, having opportunities that can open doors. I've spent the last few years really focused on building my network, building relationships, building connections. And that has presented opportunities for me to be invited to speaking events, etc. If someone's building out their career, if you've got more people in your backyard, right, in your network, then one of those opportunities is hopefully going to present itself. And by that, I mean, within ServiceNow as an organization that is clearly growing rapidly with a whole load of job opportunities, but also within that thriving partner ecosystem. Rob, I know you personally, people are always asking you, sending you resumes, how can I get this role? How can I get this role? So you've probably got a very, very strong opinion on this as well, right? It's like, yes, I've got my accreditation. I'm, I'm going to the resources like product documentation, now create, now learning, getting mm -hmm. the, that knowledge. But how can you apply that practically? You know, download a personal developer instance, right? And, and get that PDI up and running. You can't beat hands-on experience of playing with the product and becoming more experienced with it. But then yeah. by networking, attending ServiceNow events, being part of the community, building a reputation of contributing to those articles and, and answering some of those questions, it's just going to increase your opportunities and your chances when you do need that next career move. I, I would love to double-click on this a little bit if we, if we can. You can. I did a lot of networking in my youth, right? Let's call it my my twenty. <laughs> oh, no, no, so you misunderstood me. I'm not talking about partying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was not that exciting. I I really wasn't. And so from twenty to thirty, I I did work and I maintained connections, but I didn't pay mindful attention to what networking is and how do you do it until Knowledge Eleven. Were you at Knowledge Eleven? That might have been in a little. 
Oh, sorry. No, in uh, in oh gosh, where was Knowledge Eleven, Corey? Sorry. New Orleans is that the one? No. No. New Orleans was 2012. So was it San Diego? San Diego was 2010. Knowledge 11 was in Frankfurt because that year in 11, they had that big volcano in Iceland that stopped well, all air traffic. So got... what Fred did, they, they held the event in, in Knowledge in Frankfurt in Europe. But in 2012, it was in New Orleans. Damien? Damien. I'll stop. I'll stop. Sorry, you got hella bad. Yeah, I went back to what it was um, at the beginning. Oh, yeah. maybe I'm too close to the mic. Did you did you change your yeah how you were sitting or anything? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably yeah, 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 I've, I've sat back to my I've original position. Is that better? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Testing, testing, one, testing. One, you sound like a Dalek, man. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, yeah. no, it's really. It's <laughs> Exterminate. <laughs> oh, really, oh, really man. like a Dalek. Say something very angrily. <laughs> You're not using that. You're not using that as a soundbite. <laughs> I just switched to the MacBook Pro microphone. Is that better? No distortion, and it'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yep. You can get closer to it if that's better. Right there is good. A little short technical issue there, folks. We may have edited that out, or we may have kept it in for the for the laughs. <laughs> so what we were talking about was double clicking on. What do we mean when we say do networking? Right. Yeah, but you started. You said about knowledge, and then we were arguing over which year it was and which which venue it was at. Yeah, no, I think there must have been a European knowledge and a North American knowledge because this was definitely yeah. in California, right? It was um, probably San Diego around. Yeah, that time it was in a tent. Yeah. It was in a tent, <laughs> a big top tent. It was a very big tent, but it was still a tent. That Sounds we were like a music at. fest. Yeah, yeah, like a little smaller. Go to the lunch room, which was like a room in the conference center. Yeah. You could see all four walls. It was crazy. The knowledge was a much smaller event back then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, even the distance between 11 and 12, it was like at 12 oh, yeah. in the lunch room, it was the same size as the entire 11 conference. Well, uh, and that's when Frank Slootman came in ready to to basically IPO ServiceNow. And, and yep. bearing in mind, ServiceNow was the only... The well, it was the first company to IPO after Facebook, just for context. So it was pretty. Yes, big. The com company was going through this period of hyper growth, and not yeah, knowledge doubled in size. You know, by yeah. by 2013, the first one in Vegas at the Aria, there were four thousand people at that knowledge event. So that was my exploded. first one. Yeah, and mine too. And do you remember the Now guys? You know the big giant M and M's. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, let's pivot back. We're talking about networking and. Yeah. Being able to go to those events means you have the opportunity to mingle with other attendees, right? Absolutely. And, and not only just other attendees, it's important to understand the profile of an attendee. This is someone, people who show up to knowledge, care about and have this passion for the platform, right? This deep and it resonates from them. Like it's like walking into a room with where everybody else thinks the same way that you do from the perspective of we love this thing. And so you yeah. might be at home and feel weird talking to people about service now because they've never heard of it. And then you walk into knowledge and everybody's like, yeah, man, don't you get it? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I've explained to my family, I've, I've tried to explain what knowledge is like. And I've said, it's like Comic-Con without the fancy dress. Yeah. Uh, instead of talking about superheroes or cosplay, we're just talking about service now. But every single person in that event is passionate, almost as passionate. They're all as the me superheroes about right? service now, right? Yeah, absolutely. But on top of just being in the presence, like you really 
have to go out of your way and talk to people. Like it's going to happen naturally, but I think it's just in the trenches. What does it mean to build a network, right? It, it means getting to a point with somebody that you can reach out and contact them whenever or getting them to remember you. And at Knowledge 11, actually the keynote speaker, that was, that was the thing, right? It was so small. The keynote speaker had nothing to do with ServiceNow. It was just some motivational speaker guy, <laughs> yeah. um, which was awesome. But he told the story about how introverts are like better network. I, I considered myself a shy introvert at the time, right? But he said introverts build better networks because they put the focus on somebody else. So yeah. when they meet somebody, they're like, at, so that they don't have to be the center of attention and talk a lot. They will ask the questions of the other person and the other person remembers that like, Oh, this person makes me feel good. Like I talked a lot and you know what I mean? And so they have, they store all the potential energy of that. That's right. And I think that those events are great. Those conferences, seminars, local meetups, you know, like developer meets and that they're always a good opportunity to meet like-minded professionals. But if you were asked some advice, I'd say like, look at what events are taking place in your local area. You know, you don't have to travel the world to find an event. And then when you attend, try and find out who is going to align with your networking goals, bring business cards, etc. And when I talk about a networking goal, it's crucial to have that clear goal in mind. If you're attending one of these events and you're looking to build your network, are you looking to advance your career? Are you looking for your next industry opportunity? Are you trying to find a mentor? So I think having a definition of your personal objectives that actually helps target the right connections and tailor your approach to each interaction. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important as well, because it's great to have a, a wide ranging network, but not every person in your network is going to be useful for every stage of your career. And, yeah. and, and while a network and ultimately like it, it all, it always feels like a little, like sometimes a little, you know, yucky talking about a network like this, but I mean, realistically folks are there to one, hopefully you, you get to know people you're and right. you, and you're right. And you're better off for that. But, and also, right. It's someone to, to call on when you're in need, like career wise, if you need a mentor, right. Or if you're looking to take that next step, are there any opportunities or can you help me figure out how to go about all of that? And yeah, you know, yeah, especially in this ecosystem, Corey, like asking people for help in, in a, in an ecosystem as passionate as ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, don't be shy about that. Nah. And don't overlook the importance of your existing connections. And by that, I mean, family, colleagues, classmates, acquaintances from your neighborhood, because if you can catch up and just share general networking discussions about your career, about mental health, which we can talk about later, maintaining those relationships can sometimes lead to unexpected opportunities. You know, I live in a very small village in, in rural England, about two hours west of London in the countryside. But within my village, there are at least three people that are either ServiceNow employees or working in the ecosystem. So, you know, we can grab up, have, have a coffee in our local village coffee shop, you know, a million miles away from the big smoke from the city. And yet we can have an engaging conversation about ServiceNow. That's, that's great. I think I'm the only one in my village who knows what ServiceNow is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to get to a village, man. I can't stand the city. <laughs> you guys are welcome. You can come and visit anytime. I went out to there a couple of years back to visit James Neal, and I was out in Reading. And man, what a mind shift. The, the walkable city thing, I, thought, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, so I live an hour west of James. Like yeah. I say, my village has a population of 4,000 people. 
Wow, that's tiny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you guys call it quaint. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Quaint. Yeah, that's quaint. I like that. <laughs> I grew up in a small town like that in Canada, but it was a, a modern place by European standards. And so it was built for cars and just kind of, you know what I mean? There was, there's a no. tiny, tiny walkable downtown, but. Some um, of our buildings are from the 16th century. I mean, my village pub is older than the United States of America, right? Just for some context. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, the European conception of old versus the American conception of old. Is, is right, it just old. definitely puts a lot of things in context, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, Damien, one of the things I, I wanted to ask is, we've talked a lot about the, the past of ServiceNow. What are you most excited about for ServiceNow's future? I'm going to be honest, guys, as a ServiceNow employee, I'm obviously excited about the stock price, right? Because I'm a, <laughs> I'm, look, nah, let, 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 let's just be transparent about it, right? Working at ServiceNow has a lot of perks and a lot of benefits. I'm really proud to be part of a, a company that is very focused on employee well-being. And there are a whole number of perks, not just financial, right? But as an investor, as an employee, as a shareholder, Watching that growth of that stock price and the success of the company, that is genuinely one of the things I'm excited about, right? I have to be completely honest. But also in relation to that is the impact that it has on people. Last year, we launched ServiceNow.org, our, our, our venture into the nonprofit world. And I was personally close to tears because back in Knowledge 22, I had the privilege and honor of meeting the CEO of a, a non-profit based in South Africa. And they were literally using the ServiceNow platform to distribute food and supplies to starving children in Africa. And that story went on to become a case study for ServiceNow.org that was presented to the entire company at this year's ServiceNow kickoff. And seeing how the platform can make a difference and impact to people like that is, is incredibly gratifying. And then of course, combined with the usage of ChatGPT, Gen AI, and leveraging large language models built on the ServiceNow platform, it's just a great place to be. So that's what I'm excited about for now and the future. What a great place to leave off, Damien. We're at 36 minutes. So we got to think about winding down here. Thank you again for being here. And any last words of advice for our audience? No advice, just, you know, a, a word of thanks to all of you. If you're listening, it means you are obviously, you're into CJ and the Duke, which means you're into ServiceNow which means you're invested in the company, in the platform, in the product. This ecosystem, it's thriving with technology, it's thriving with energy, but most importantly, it's about those connections and about the people. And this network is the best network on the planet. So thank you to all of you. Man, like, how do you even top that? That's amazing. Yeah, that's like the best <laughs> outro we've ever had. Uh, do, do, you, do you need me to try and make the sound of a mic dropping? <laughs> we can add that in we'll, we'll add it in I've really enjoyed chatting to you both uh, pleasure was yeah. ours Damien thanks for coming absolutely loved it hey yo welcome to the winner's circle polish your crown here to optimize your workflow that service now this ain't your typical run of the mill tech taco G's we're the best in the field we'll help you level up and build your credibility now let me ask you one question who the realest be unapologetic if we said it then we meant it foundation build on trust authentic so it's cemented better make way only facts in the booth you're now tuned in with cj and the duke uh what success i'll let you in on the scoop make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth come on yeah 
Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah, CJ and the Duke. What's that, huh? Service now. Come on. Yeah. I said welcome to the winner's circle. Yeah, yeah.